Ephesians chapter 4 verse 25 Therefore laying aside falsehood Speak truth each one of you with his neighbor For we are members of one another For his name's sake Prescribe truth We're giving you what the doctor ordered Jamal Bandy Apologist The Lord's servant We undeserving But Christ changed our mind frame In a world full of errors The only thing the doctor prescribes is truth Welcome back everybody to Prescribe Truth I'm Jamal Bandy The one who seeks to attribute the truth that the doctor prescribes to the church and the world today. If this is your first time watching me on YouTube, please remember to hit that subscribe button and hit that notification bell on the side so you can be notified when I have new and upcoming content. You can also listen to the Prescribed Truth podcast on various podcast apps, including iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. If you'd like to contact me, you can do so by emailing me at prescribed.truth at gmail.com or you can call me at 801-980-6333. Thank you so much for joining me on this Lord's Day. Um, I don't want to be that long tonight, but I do want to deal with another topic that was suggested by a viewer, a listener on the Facebook uh, on Facebook page for Prescribed Truth. And they suggested that we do Deuteronomy 28 verse 68 as it pertaining to a prophecy dealing with America. Is it true that it's a prophecy dealing with America or not? And usually, usually when this is used or when it's asked, it's because there are those who believe themselves to be Hebrew Israelites. They believe that um, this prophecy is pertaining to them, you know, because of the translated slave trade that took place. And therefore, you know, we came over here by ships. Therefore, Deuteronomy 28 verse 68 must be about black people. So that's the conclusion. That's the assumption. And so we're going to deal with it today. I want to take the time to read through Deuteronomy 28, um, preferably starting at where it talks about the curses. Um, that chapter, it consists of blessings and curses for Israel's obedience and their disobedience. So we're going to focus on the verses where it talks about their disobedience, because this is where the curses fall into. And in the midst of that, if I have time, there is an article online that I do want to draw from as well um, as we get to the end of this conversation. Um, just to bring in some points here, and um, and hopefully that will be helpful. Anytime things like this happen, it's best that we go to the text to see what the context is. Um, I remember when I first when I first started reading the Bible, I assumed that Israel's captivity in Egypt was like the transatlantic slave trade. I mean, or slavery in America, four hundred years in slavery, and then you have four hundred years in Israel being enslaved. I figured, oh man, this is a coincidence. Like this, like this is true. Like th this is a prophecy concerning black people. And I thought that, and this was my first, this was like the first time that I was reading the Bible, just reading through Genesis, you know? And I remember going to my late pastor at the time, he's dead now, but I remember going to him and saying, look, look, I, I've been reading the Bible and look what I saw. Look what I see through the scripture. And he didn't correct me. He didn't say, oh, that's not really about black people or nothing, that kind of stuff. He's like, oh, well, he, I guess he just happened that I was reading the Bible, I guess. <laughs> I used to be agnostic. So it's like, you know, I guess he was just happy that I was reading the Bible. So he didn't want to, you know, uh, put any salt on me or whatever case may be, I guess. But um, he just let me believe that, you know, and it was good. And I remember I was at work and it was a man, a customer. I was working at a hardware store. And a customer came in, and I don't know how we got on the subject of talking about the Bible, but I remember saying that to him. 
And I'm figuring I'm good. I feel like I'm right because my pastor done confirmed it and everything else. I figured, hey, I must be on to something here. And this man looked at me in the eye and said, that's not about black people. And he's a black man himself. I figured he would be excited because I was like, hey, this prophecy was about us. And he was like, no, that's not about black people in America. That's about Israel. He's like, you need to go read that again. And I was like, oh, I said, he's just a hater. <laughs> so I did, I never read it again. I never went back to look at it and all that stuff like that. I didn't. Thankfully, God leads us to truth. Holy Spirit leads us in truth. So I wasn't even saved then. I was just at a church. So anyway, so I'm just thankful for truth. And so when we get through this text, I can see, I can understand why people want to use that for themselves. I get it. It's just not true. It's just not true. You know, and so we're, we're going to look at it. All right, so Deuteronomy 28, starting at verse 15, we get into talking about the curses for Israel's disobedience. Now, I'm not go- now this is verse 15, and we got to get to verse 68. So I'm not going to read all of this, but I do want to start off and read a few of these curses, what Yahweh said he would do to Israel for their disobedience. And I want you to think about something, because what black Hebrew Israelites like to do is they'll say that verse 20, 68 is about them, but that means that all of these curses should be applied to them as well. And as a matter of fact, the blessings are supposed to be applied to them as well. That's what it's supposed to be. That is the conclusion, the logical conclusion. If one of those, if the last very, the last prophecy that's in there is going to be uh, for black people, then the rest of this has to be for them too. It has to be. All right. So we're going to read this and we're going to see what is God speak, uh, talking about concerning Israel as far as what will happen to them if they disobey? And it says, and then if you do not listen to the voice of Yahweh, your God, by diligently observing all of his commandments and his statutes that I am commanding you today, then all of these curses shall come upon you and they shall overtake you. You shall be cursed in the city and you shall be cursed in the field. Your basket shall be cursed and your kneading throat trough. The fruit of your womb shall be cursed and the fruit of your ground, the cows of your cattle and the lambs of your flock. You shall be cursed when you come in and you shall be cursed when you go out. Yahweh will send upon you the curse, the panic and the threats in everything that you undertake until you are destroyed and until you perish quickly because of the evil of your deeds, and that you have forsaken me. Yahweh will cause the plague to cling to you until it consumes you from the land that you are going to, to take possession of it. Yahweh will afflict you with the wasting diseases, and with the fever, and with the inflammation, and with the scorching heat, and with the sword, and with the blight, and with the mildew, and they shall pursue you until you perish. And, the he- and your heavens that are over your heads shall be like bronze, and the earth that is under you shall be like iron. Yahweh will change the rain of your, of your land to fine dust and to sand from the heaven. It shall come down upon you until you are destroyed. So everything is looking bleak. It's looking bad for Israel if they disobey. And notice that this command, all these commands are given, all, all this prophecy is given before they even reach the promised land. These are warnings, warnings for disobedience, and they have blessings for their obedience. But all of this is being said to them prior to them entering the promised land. If you remember, 
Moses did not go over with them to the promised land. It would be Joshua who would take them in or lead them in. So all this has been said before they even get to a point of disobeying in this way to have all these things happen to them. That's, that's something to think about here. So all of this is dealing with Israel. That's the, the whole context is Moses is t- dealing with Israel. All right. The Jews. Now let's skip down to verse 68. Let's get into the, the verse that, that this is talking about. And it says, this is what people refer to. Matter of fact, um, I want to start at verse 67. In the morning, you shall say, if only it was evening. And in the evening, you shall say, if only it was morning. Because of the dread of your heart that you shall feel, and because of the sight of your eyes that you shall see. And Yahweh shall bring you back to Egypt in ships by the route that I promised to you that you shall not see it again. And you shall sell yourself there to your enemies as slaves and as female slaves. But there will not be a buyer. There will not be a buyer. All right. So a couple of things here. It says, Yahweh says, Yahweh shall bring you back to Egypt. And what they do is they take Egypt as being America or slavery. It's not the case. In that verse, Egypt literally means Egypt. Moses is not using figurative language here. He's not. Bring you back to Egypt. What's the significance of that? Did not Israel go to Egypt before? Were they not in Egypt? Prior prior to this point here, the Israelites were just freed from Egypt. They were in bondage. They were slaves in Egypt, literal Egypt. And God brought them out of it. He brought them out. And he did tell them that they won't go back, that they wouldn't go back. But he tells them here, Shall, he said, and Yahweh shall bring you back to Egypt in ships by the route that I promised to you that you shall not see it again. So Deuteronomy 17, verse 16, it says, moreover, he must not accumulate horses for himself or allow the people to return to Egypt to do so. For the Lord has said, you must never again return that way. So this was in Deuteronomy 17. All right. Here in chapter 28, verse 68, God is saying, hey, I'm going to bring you back to Egypt. If you're dis- because of your disobedience, I'll bring you back to Egypt in the way that I told you you should never go again. You should never go again. And then he says, and you shall sell yourselves, yourse- you shall sell yourself there to your enemies as slaves and as female slaves, but there will not be a buyer. So for the commentary in verse 68, It says the accomplishment of this prediction took place under Titus when, according to Josephus, multitudes of Jews were transported in ships to the land of the Nile and sold as slaves. Here, then, are instances of prophecies delivered above 3,000 years ago, and yet, as we see, being fulfilled in the world at this very time. And what stronger proofs can we desire of the divine legation of, of Moses? How these instances may affect others, I know not. But for myself, I must acknowledge they not only convince, but amaze and astonish me beyond expression. They are truly, as Moses foretold, they would be a sign and a wonder forever. 
It's by somebody called Bishop Newton, that quote. And so this right here was something that was fulfilled even after the scriptures were written. Think about this. When I scriptures were written, I'm gonna say I'm gonna take that back. Um prior to at least revelation of John's writings, because we know John was a was a final apostle to pass away. And Revelation, it was most likely probably written around AD ninety so or whatever, or AD eighty something. Either way, one of those times. The fall of Jerusalem happened in AD seventy. That's the fall of Jerusalem. So during the reign of Titus, after that, after that, that would be after the letters of Paul, after the letters of Peter and all those and all those people, except for John. And so after all of that, that's when that took place. That's when Israel was taken by slave ships back to Egypt. And it was so many Jews that was to be sold to slavery that nobody could purchase them anymore. They had to stop. No one could buy them. And so this is actually a historical fact. This is be this is centuries before the transatlantic slave trade, and this is a prophecy that has already been fulfilled in history. Now, when it comes to thinking about it being for the black people from the transatlantic slave trade, think about this: when it says Yahweh shall bring you back to Egypt, and they liken that to being brought to America, was the black people ever in America? Before that, and this is what I think about when I'm trying to reason this stuff out. Has there ever been a time prior to the Atlantic slave trade that Africans were in America, that they had to be brought back to America? That's not what happened. But what did happen in history is that Israel were in bondage in Egypt, and then the Lord set them free, brought them out, you know, used Moses, and then... This prophecy said they will bring he will bring them back because of the disobedience back to Egypt. But then on top of that, we saw the verse in Deuteronomy 17 where uh, it says it correlates. It talks about how Yahweh said that they will not go back this way. They will never go back to Egypt. But yet in verse 68, it says that he will bring you back to Egypt in ships by the route that I promised to you that you shall not see it again. So this this is only this is only said of Israel, of what took place with them. So this goes to show once again, Egypt in this verse isn't a figurative place; it is literal. And then he says, "You shall and you shall sell yourself there to your enemies." Well, let's stop right there. Did the Africans sell themselves to their enemies? Is that what happened? Really, let's think about that for a moment. Is that what took place in the transatlantic slave trade? Now, majority of the slaves that was brought into America were already slaves of other African tribes. That's the reality, people. That's it. It wasn't like Americans came or Europeans came and just snuck in villages and grabbed who they could grab and then bring them to America. They were already slaves and they were sold into slavery to the Europeans as well. But here in this verse... It says you will you shall sell yourself there to your enemies as slaves and as female slaves, but there will not be a buyer. Now, when it came to the slave trade, the translated slave trade, there was always a buyer. Until they ended it, until they stopped the trade, there was always a buyer. No one came across on the slave ship and was like, oh, 
we can't buy you. Send them back. That that wasn't something that happened. Everybody that came across that water was sold into slavery. And they were, it was a slave until they were free. But here it says there would not be a buyer. This wasn't, this wasn't a prophecy for black people. But we do see that it's evidence of something that happened with Israel. It was under the reign of Titus. It was under his reign. And so this is after the fall of Jerusalem. And this is, this is historical. This is a historical fact. You know, there's no arguing against that. Now, I've heard Hebrew Israelites say that prophecies can be fulfilled more than one time. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not sure if that's even true. I'm not sure that that's something we can say. When I see the scriptures, I'm trying to think of a prophecy that was given to us by God that was fulfilled multiple times. I mean, the prophecies concerning the Messiah, that was only filled once. Um, prophecies concerning Israel's destruction, what happened to them? It happened once. Um, them being free, once. Them going back into slavery in the Babylon, that happened once. They didn't go back to Babylon again. I'm trying to think, y'all, when, what prophecies in the scriptures occurred more than once. Now, I'm saying that because when I look about the scriptures and I think about the prophecies in scripture, I'm not seeing that they are continual things. Like, think about this. It's it's a continual issue that if you continue to sin, what will happen, right? The sin against your body and what can take place and all these things. They, those things continue, but that's when you do those sins. That's when you uh, do those wrongs, right? The curses for disobedience. Those things that come upon Israel, right? Every time they're disobeying God. But look at it. Look over the course of time that it took for these things to be fully for, to fully manifest and happen. The that blight, the suffering, the not having what it said, the rain like dust and fight fine dust. Like think makes you think of a, of a desert place. Like this can happen. I mean, I, I'm willing to say like, hey, no, that can happen multiple times. They can go into slavery and or they could be um, in the wilderness or they can be um, in a desert and you know. Because of disobedience, God can bring them into places like that where they don't have anything. They're struggling, you know, struggling for food, struggling for water, and all these things. This can happen multiple times. I get that, but this right here is significant. This is not. This is not. A, this is not a prophecy just dealing with um, you're not your cattle. You're not going to have enough cattle, or you're not going to have this, or you're not going to have that, and your enemies will come and they're going to defeat you and stuff like that. Like this is very specific. I'm going to bring you back to Egypt. Like he literally names the place. I'm going to bring you back to Egypt. Notice in the verses we're talking about the curses, how his, how he will allow the enemies, their enemies to overtake them. Enemies is very general. I mean, he could have said the Amalekites. He could have said the Hittites. He could have said the Canaanites. He could have said any of those, but he just said your enemies. Like this can go on and on. Like this can be the Persians. This can be the Babylonians. This can be all those. This could be the Greeks. This could be the this could be the um the uh, the Romans. Their enemies, because it is obedient, the enemies will overtake them. But in verse sixty eight, God was very specific. Bring you back by ships, by ships to Egypt, about which I told you you shall never go again. That's significant. That's significant. Because the verse that that's referring to, a few chapters earlier, is speaking about Egypt. 
right? This context wasn't even dealing with curses. This was a part of the law. In Deuteronomy 17, it said, in verse 16, moreover, read it again. Moreover, he must not accumulate horses for himself or allow the people to return to Egypt to do so. To do what? Accumulate horses for himself. For the Lord has said, you must never again return that way. What way? To Egypt. That's, that's very concrete. Very specific. So in Deuteronomy 28 verse 68, God is very specific as far as what he's speaking about. Not giving us figurative language where this can be anybody. Because that's the case where there are, there are other people groups who were brought over water by ship to another place and brought into slavery many times over. Different people. But this was specific to Israel, and it was specific, speaking about their destination being Egypt. And this took place. This did take place. And so uh, before, well, we're going, to, we're going to go and take a break. I'm going to go and take a break and play some commercials here. I'll look at the comments and see what's going on there. And when I come back, I want to look at this article from follow, what is it, followintruth.com. I want to look at this article from there, dealing with Deuteronomy 28. And so we're going to play a couple commercials, and then when we come back, we're going to look at this article before we close it out. What's up, everyone? This is James Watkins, host of the Five Solas Podcast and founder of Five Solas Ministries. Be sure to check out our podcast that releases every Thursday on your favorite podcasting app as we discuss Christian doctrine and dive into the Reformed theological distinctives and their continued relevance for the church and world today. Grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone, Scripture alone, to the glory of God alone. Join us each episode as we discuss the truths of these foundational rallying cries of the Protestant Reformers and how this material helps challenge and direct the current church in its life of worship and witness. Visit us online at www.5solasministries.com. That's www.5solasministries.com to learn more information about the ministry and to also check out our awesome Five Solas lineup of t-shirts and gospel tracts. And as always, may all that you do be done to the glory of God. Soli, Deo, Gloria. Can you prove that God is a trinity? Can you prove that Jesus is God? Can you defend the Christian faith? And what is it that Christians truly believe? The new book by Andrew Rappaport, What Do We Believe?, will answer those questions and more. Some people just don't understand what the church is today, but this book will go through the history and meaning of the church and what's more important than to understand man's sinfulness and God's salvation. Get your copy at whatdowebelievebook.com or at the strivingforeternity.org store. All right, welcome back, everybody. Um, man, I just want to say uh, just real quick, it, I hope that my throat is not distracting anybody as far as how my voice sounds this week. Uh, just son's been sick and it's kind of been going around a little bit, so my son has been acting up a little more than usual. So thank you if you've been bearing with me so far uh, <laughs> through this podcast episode, and um, hopefully by uh, by God's grace, I'll be a lot better next week. So we're going to read through this article. This article is found once again on follow, followintruth.com. And it's just um, a breakdown of Deuteronomy 28 verse 68. Asking the question, does Deuteronomy 28 verse 68 prove that the original Israelites were black? Because this is the whole premise behind um, why people use Deuteronomy 28 verse 68 as prophecy referring to them. They believe that they are the original Israelites, the black people. Hebrew Israelites and so on and so forth. 
you know, and it gets kind of technical when you go into the um, the tribes chart, they go by and all that kind of stuff like that. But basically, those who came across on slave ships, you know, their families, they're the, they're the Jews, they're the Israelites, you know. Um, they were scattered, dispersed, you know, stuff like that. So that's that's what they use. And they believe this is a prophecy, as we talked about earlier. And so um, let's read through this. And I'm go- well, I'm going to read it to you guys, and it will go from there. So it says, when attempting to prove that the original Israelites were, in fact, black, most people or groups use Deuteronomy 28, verse 68 as a supporting verse. They claim that it categorically demonstrates that the verse can only be referencing black people. They say that this verse refers to the transatlantic slave trade, where black people were taken from Africa by ships and taken to America, where they were sold unto their enemies as slaves. All right. So I like how they broke down. This is how uh, they the way, the way they broke this verse down again. So we're going to read this verse again, but they're giving it to us as how blacks interpret it, how Hebrew Israelites would interpret it. So it says, and the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt, which means slavery or America, again with ships, literal ships, by the way whereof I spake unto thee, thou shalt see it no more again. They say that's Israel. So they believe that that part of the verse is speaking of they shall they shall see Israel no more again. And there ye shall be sold unto your enemies, the white race, for bondmen and bondwomen, slaves, and no man shall buy you or redeem you. So this is how they interpret that verse. Again, it said Egypt has been taken figuratively as meaning slavery and also means America. Egypt in a Hebrew, however, does not mean slavery. So there's no way, there's no way that you can take Egypt and use it as a figurative language because the word itself doesn't even mean slavery. The Hebrew word is Mitzrayim and it means Egypt, the proper name of a territory or a people. Now Mitzrayim who Egypt derives its name from, was the son of Ham, one of the three sons of Noah. So it breaks that down as far as genealogy. And it says, it, it is claimed that bondage is being linked to Egypt, and so when Egypt is referred to, it means slavery. However, the verse doesn't actually do what it is claimed it does. It rather, he said, it rather very clearly distinguishes between Egypt and bondage. While it is very true that the Israelites were slaves in Egypt, Egypt is separated from slavery. There are two separate references, Egypt and bondage. They were in bondage in Egypt. Both the word for Egypt, Mizraim, and the word for bondage from the root Ebed are used in this verse. When the word Egypt is used in the Bible, it always refers to the physical place or the people of Egypt. And never bondage. Bondage is referred to as bondage. Like this is clear. Like this is clear. So, so them trying to say that Egypt in this one verse out of all the verses of the Bible that you can see where Egypt is used. It's this verse that all of a sudden is figurative. I'm also going to put the link to this article in the description as well. So you can check it out as well. I'm not reading the whole thing. Just reading through it. Uh, there's one part in particular that I wanted to look at. Or read. Ah, uh, here we go. Now this guy, this this is towards part. Where he wrote he's uh, quotes from Josephus, and so yeah, I want to read this part. So now the author of the article says, 
We do know that the Israelites were taken from Israel to Egypt during the Roman Jewish wars and put in chains. Remember, the Roman emblem was also the eagle. So if the eagle must be a reference to the country that it represents, then the Roman Empire would fulfill that. So I'm speaking of another verse of scripture. They said Josephus wrote, because the soldiers were now growing weary of bloodshed and survivors appeared constantly, Caesar Caesar orders to kill only those who offered armed resistance and to take alive all the rest, the troops, in addition to those covered by the orders, slaughtered the aged and infirm, people to their prime who might be useful. They herded into the temple area and shut up in the court of the women. Caesar appointed one of his freedmen as their guard, his friend Fronto, to decide the fate appropriate to each. All those who had taken part in sedition and those who were formed against another, he executed. He picked out the tallest and handsomest of the lot and reserved them for triumph. Of the rest, those who were over 17, he put in chains and sent to hard labor in Egypt, while great numbers were presented by Titus to the provinces to perish in theaters by sword or by wild beasts. Those under 17 were sold. And that's from Josephus, the Jewish wars. All right, so we see here historically, it's over and over again, that Deuteronomy 28 verse 68 was, has already made its fulfillment in Israel by whom it was actually meant for. Not figurative um, language to speak about Africans in the translated slave trade and to make it seem as if Hebrew Israelites are actually black people because we were brought to America on ships. Um, this isn't true. It's, it's, it's not historically true. It's not biblically true. And it should be rejected. The problem is, outside of myself, there have been plenty of other people to share this truth, to share this reality with people who would call themselves Hebrew Israelites. And yet, they rather believe the lie than to uphold the truth. And so this is the state of all of mankind. This is the state of all of us. Apart from Christ, all of our thinking is darkened. All of our reasoning is darkened because of sin, how sin affects us in our minds and in our hearts. And I think it's our pride that wants to try to find ourselves in a text of scripture that it's not meant for. You know, where we should be finding ourselves is a text of scripture that talks about how all of us are dead in sin and we are in need of a savior and Jesus being that savior. And it's sad because Hebrew Israelites, they're not trusted in Christ. They trust in their own righteousness and they try to, they say they're supposed to be upholding the law, yet they don't keep all the law. And just as Deuteronomy talks about, if they don't keep all of the law, then they will perish. And so this is unfortunate for them in believing the lie that they do. But Deuteronomy 28 is very clear. This is not a prophecy concerning America, not a prophecy concerning Africans who were sold into slavery in America. None of that. This has already made its fulfillment in history it, it, with Israel being sold back into slavery in Egypt, a literal place. And there were so many of them that some could not be purchased. And I say some, I really mean it was a lot of them, a lot of them that could not be purchased. You know, so that pro therefore that prophecy was fulfilled for that disobedience. And Israel, as you look through the scriptures, they were always disobedient. So, I hope this has been helpful. I know it was kind of scattered over the place a little bit. I know it was a lot. Um, but I really do appreciate you this, taking the time to really listen to me on this week. Sorry about how my voice is and everything. I do pray that next week um, everything will be a little bit better. 
for those of you who do pray, I pray for my son Josiah. He's been dealing with he's been dealing with a fever and everything else, so he's been doing better. Just keep him in prayer. Join me next week. Join me next week, same time, six p.m. Eastern time, Lord willing, for the recorded live stream of the podcast on YouTube. If you want to support this ministry financially, you can do so by joining with me on Patreon patreon.com forward slash prescribed truth for just a dollar or more a month you'll be very much helpful to this show this live stream that you're watching this the podcast that's, that's being hosted on the podcast apps are sponsored by my wonderful patrons that I really am thankful for I couldn't continue this without you just really thankful for you uh, this really helps me out a lot so if you like to join in the network I would encourage you to do that as well if not I always will appreciate your prayers continue to pray for me as I continue to do this work by God's grace. And so remember, this world is full of errors, but the only thing that the doctor prescribes is truth. Blessings.